Uh, I was born in a small town called Masjid Suleiman in southern Iran. I born in Syria. I was born in Hamburg, Germany. I was born in Kong. I was born in Tanzania in a refugee camp. I was born in Singapore. Guatemala City. I'm from Ireland. I was born in Thailand refugee camp. I was born in Mumbai. Mm-hmm. I was born in Vientiane. I was born in England. I was born in Costa Rica. Welcome to Many Roads to Here bringing the voices of immigrants, refugees, and asylum seekers to a national conversation about migration and identity. I'm your host, Caitlin Dwyer. Belize Nishimwe was five years old when she arrived in the U.S. She was born in a Tanzanian refugee camp, daughter of genocide survivors. In 2007, her family moved to the United States as refugees. Their new home would be Portland, Oregon. In her first moments in the United States, Belize noticed a man writing. She was captivated by the movement of his pen. This pen would be meaningful to Belize for years to come, from her struggle to learn English to becoming an award-winning poet. Jodel Marks has her story. Five-year-old Belize stepped off of the plane at Portland International Airport. She remembers the passenger bridge connecting the plane to the gate as a tunnel to a new world. Her family knew no English. They were tired and overwhelmed. Their first moments in the United States were a blur of rushing people. But in the chaos, Belize spotted a stranger peacefully riding. When I arrived, everything was fascinating to me. I'd have never seen this many white people before on the plane. It was crazy. So I do remember like holding one of my parents' hands and coming off the plane. It was really like a lot of people. Everyone was just moving and our family was just kind of standing there like, what's going on? And it just so happened that this guy looked really peaceful, riding, and I just remember running up to him and leaving my parents, which was kind of dangerous. It was kind of weird. He's so tall. I'm really short. He just stood out because in all the noise and the bustling of everything, he seemed very at peace. I had seen pens before, but not ones that clicked the way that his pen did, you know, clicked in and out. And I was like, how does that work? That's why I was interested in it. I just kept staring at the pen until eventually, like, gave it to me. All I remember is that I saw this pen, and I kind of see it as a metaphor for my entire life. But before Belize could write, she needed to learn how to speak English. Belize and her sister began school within weeks of landing in the United States. My older sister and I immediately went into kindergarten. We were so confused. I was crying all the time because I didn't understand anyone. And they would take us out for extra recesses because it was just so confusing. They decided it would be best for me to redo my kindergarten year because that first year was really just me getting used to the area, used to the people, the way people talked. Erin, one of the hosts from Catholic Charities, stepped in to help Belize with her English. During the summer, Erin actually like worked with me and my older sister using this reading English book and we would just sound out words. All my siblings' names are in it because she taught us English through that book. And it has how to sound out the words. We'd just be like sitting on the couch, just quietly like working through the words and her saying, oh, you said that wrong. I was like, no, I didn't. I said that perfectly. I got so mad when we had to sound out witch and witch and rich because they all sounded the same to me. Do you know, like, the Pigeon Drives the Bus books? Oh, I love those books. And we read the entire thing. I would be like, you know, I like the pigeon. I think the pigeon deserves to ride the bus. 
we would go to the zoo and I would learn the names of the animals and everything. We'd go to the park and I'd learn this is a playground and I'd pronounce it. We kind of went everywhere so I could see what I'm talking about because that's what the problem is, is you can pronounce the words, but if you don't know, like visualize what you're talking about, it's very difficult. I went back to kindergarten the next year. In a matter of years, Belize went from being held back for her lack of English skills to being the strongest reader in the class. I was just reading, like, when we go home and I'm walking towards Aaron's car or towards my parents' car, I'd be having a book in my face reading. When we're waiting for our parents to drive in, I'd be reading. In class, I would hide my, you know, my fiction book under the textbook because I wanted to read it. And eventually, I just liked reading and I read all the time. It was a little bit of a problem, you know? <laughs> I read too much. In fourth grade, I was around like 10. I was a little bit older than my class because I held back. And they would tell me that in the library, I could only read from this section because I'm not old enough to read these books. And I was like, but that's not fair. You know, I read most of these books and I want to read those books. You know, they look good. Why can't I read them? And I even tried to like talk to my teacher, she's like, you know, you have to read from this section, the kids section, and you can't read from the teen section. So I just wrote down all the titles of the books in the teen section, and then I would go to the library with Aaron, and I would get the books, and I would just read them. One of my friends actually gave me the Aragon, the Inheritance series books, and I read Aragon. It was a thick book. It was really big. And I would just read it in class. And people are like, are you sure you should be reading that? Or like, that seems like a big book, Belize. And I was like, yeah, it is. It's really good. I could just be this Aragon kid going to slay dragons. And I thought they took me away from the noise of my world. The noise is just all the things that are happening both in school and in my family. Um, and just all those expectations on supposed to be meeting and all the struggles that I'm going through. I can escape everything. By third grade, Belize's English skills were so strong that her parents relied on her as a translator. She translated her own parent-teacher conferences. What happens is my two parents come, or one of my parents comes to the conference, and Aaron comes to the conference, and we're waiting in the hallway. And when we go inside, it's just the teacher, all of us seated around like this desk of the teacher and everything. And I'm kind of in the middle. So it's like the English side is this side. Usually it's Aaron and the teacher sitting over here. I'm in the middle. And on my right is usually my parents are like, that's how I usually saw it. The teacher would say like a question and then I would take that and translate it to my parents. And my parents would tell me something and I would translate it to my teacher. Or Aaron would say something and then I would translate it to my parents. And then they tell me something and I translate it. It was just me kind of going back and forth with English, Kirundi, Kirundi to English. After the first times, it was like a little bit awkward. But after a while, everyone got used to it. And my siblings, all of us, were really good students. They usually don't say anything bad that I would have to translate. 
when they're trying to talk about something more private with their parents, it's like, well, can't do that because I, I need to be here. By fifth grade, Belize was expanding her role as translator to include completing administrative forms and the family's taxes, something most kids her age knew nothing about. My sisters and I are the only ones who can, you know, speak English, my brother also, but mostly the responsibilities don't on the girls in the house to take care of paperwork and finances. My older sister actually started helping out with documents when she was eight. I started when I was 10. So we started pretty early just translating and, you know, helping our parents file taxes. And if my parents had to apply to a job, we'd fill out the application for them. So it became our responsibilities to handle the paperwork, financial aid, all that stuff. With that came a lot of stress that was put on me for a long time. It wasn't until around my sixth, seventh grade year, that I realized I'm very different from all my classmates. I always have a struggle with just getting the information I need from my financial aid forms. My friends didn't have to do that. Their parents already filled out the forms a bit ago. I was like, wow, like you don't even have to do that. Like, that's crazy. And so I just realized that it was kind of just me and my siblings having to do all these stuff. I went to class one time and I just started crying. And all my classmates sat around me. My friends didn't know that I was doing all this stuff. And that was kind of the first time I'd ever told anyone, let alone my entire class. And I was kind of embarrassed and guilty and ashamed. They didn't know that as a 12-year-old little kid, I was doing all these forms and I was stressing about the bills. I'm actually very private about the struggles that I go through on the daily. I always feel awkward because I want to separate my home life from my school life. So I never want to mention what's going on at home because I don't want it to get muddled into my school life where I feel like I'm the most free at school. Every year, Oregon students take standardized tests to track their reading comprehension. In middle school, Belize scored at the college level for her reading proficiency. This means that as a 12-year-old, she had better reading skills than many adults. In middle school, my friends would come to me if they needed help with their essays, and I was like, oh, interesting, you know? I didn't see that I was so strong in English. But I definitely saw that, like, I realized that, well, I was very proud and happy when my friends would come to me for help for their essays. I didn't really realize my proficiency in English because it just came slowly, like, naturally at a certain point. And I just assumed everyone was kind of like that. But, like, I think they tested us every year. Throughout, like, middle school, I was always getting college-level reader. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. But I felt like everyone gets college-level reading. It, <laughs> I never saw it as a big thing. But I guess, looking back, it's definitely a big thing, you know, from no English college level English in fourth through grade. Belize started high school confident in her abilities. She took every opportunity to participate in extracurriculars, 
from theater, mock trial, and student council. Then she learned about poetry out loud. I had heard it over the intercom, Poetry Out Loud. I was like, okay. So Poetry Out Loud is essentially like a recitation competition for another poet's work. And you are trying to put yourself in the position and in the state of their poem. It's almost like a combination of poetry and acting performance where you're trying to kind of embody their message, how they would have said it and how they would have performed the poem themselves. It really requires you to understand what that poem is about. You're supposed to recite three poems. I try to choose also poems from different voices. I took crazy notes about each line, what that line could mean, the author, their history and background. So I memorized one poem in two weeks, it was really short. And then I went to the competition the first school level competition was in the library. It was a lot of like seniors and juniors. I think I was one of two freshmen. I'm always nervous, so it was definitely a little nerve-wracking, but I was chill. Belize surprised everyone by scoring second place as a freshman competing among upperclassmen. The teacher who ran the Poetry Out Loud competition for St. Mary's Academy was so impressed that she offered to mentor Belize for the following year of competition. Belize returned to the stage in 2019 for her second year of competition. As a sophomore, she won first place at the school level. She then won regionals and went on to compete at the state championships in Salem, Oregon. At only 17, Belize was the youngest competitor and the only person of color who made it to the state championships. Belize felt the tension in the auditorium. With stage lights hot on her skin, she opened her recitation with Marilyn Nelson's Worth. In the poem, Nelson imagines a 17-year-old girl on the auction block in 19th century United States. Belize and the girl were the same age. Today in America, people were bought and sold. 500 for a likely Negro wench. Worth is really talking about the worth of who she is if her great-grandfather was worth so little. And it could have been me if I was born into a different year and decade. I could have been the one being auctioned off. The mostly white audience went silent when she asked her worth as a black woman. If someone at auction is worth her weight in gold, how much would she be worth by pound, by ounce? If I owned an unimaginable quantity of wealth, could I buy an iota of myself? How would I know which part belonged to me? If I owned part, could I set my part free? I was going through a time where I was trying to figure out my own worth. I thought it really connected to the idea that a black girl trying to find her worth in a world that has systematically made people that look like her feel unworthy or worth little. As a genocide survivor from Africa, much of Belize's family was killed before she was born. The next few lines of Nelson's poem connect Belize to the common ancestry that she has with African Americans in the United States. My great-grandfather, they say, killed the lion. They say he was black, with muscles as hard as iron, that he wore a necklace of the claws of the lion he'd fought. How much do I hear for his majesty in my blood? 
I auction myself and I make the highest bid. I really like that she included her great-grandfather because I don't know my grandparents and so I thought that was a way to kind of imagine that my great-grandfather could have killed the lion. I thought it really connected to the idea that I, I am an American citizen, so am I African-American? And what does that mean? I wanted to both embody my African-Americanness in a way and my African roots as well with this poem. But I do not share the same historical, you know, life that African-Americans in the U.S. have lived. The room fell silent as Belize stepped back from the microphone. Her second poem, Percy Shelley's Love's Philosophy, was an antiquated love letter that Belize performed as a comedy. She was relieved when the crowd laughed at her exaggerated embodiment of a flirtatious poem. Belize's third poem, Claude McKay's If We Must Die, was written in 1919 in response to the beatings, lynchings, and killing of black people in the United States. It calls on black people to rise up during a time when they're being massacred. For Belize, it inspired reflection on her own family's story of death and genocide in Burundi and Rwanda. While the Black Lives Matter movement had not yet taken flight, she chose McKay's poem as a call for action. I always try to use raise awareness for the fact that like issues of racism are still happening. I'm hoping to really include black voices. And so for this, I'm in your face about now I'm taking over this space that is technically all white, but now it's my space to take over and say these things that matter. It may be awkward, but it has to be said. And it was a perfect place to do it because it was an all white crowd. And I felt like that was even more impactful. Here is Belize performing her third poem, live at the state championships in Salem, Oregon, in 2019. O kinsmen, we must meet the common foe. Though far outnumbered, let us show us brave, and for their thousand blows deal one death blow. What though before us lies the open grave? Like men, we'll face the murderous, cowardly pack, pressed to the wall, dying, but fighting back. The 2019 Oregon Poetry Out Loud winner is Belize Nishimwe from St. Mary's Academy. I was really surprised, especially since I was like so young and people were talking about like, wow, she learned English and now she's a poetry out loud champion. I hadn't really connected the two. When you live the life and it's so normal, you live it. So it's just like, you're not really, you don't see the art, which I hadn't even connected the two together. I realized, oh, that's pretty cool. I'm always seeing myself in the struggle just because of my experience as a black person in the U.S., but also during the George Floyd protests in the summer, I definitely was like very active in that and recited poems for different protests. I always like, I've been reading like Phyllis Whitley and her old poems and she talks about how poetry 
and writing is the way for liberation for Black people. And I thought that was really amazing. So I definitely see myself in the movement. I don't necessarily know if I had an impact, but I hope that we're able to push through the barriers that are still there for us. In June of 2021, Belize graduated from St. Mary's Academy. She now attends Washington University in St. Louis, Missouri on a full-ride scholarship. She sees herself going into government or law. Until then, Belize puts pen to paper and speaks out as a poet. Many Roads to Here is a production of The Immigrant Story in collaboration with Portland Radio Project. This episode was produced by Jadel Marks with audio editing by Richard March assisted by Jadel Marks and Greg Palmer. Our executive producer is the tenacious Sankar Raman. For more stories, visit theimmigrantstory.org backslash many roads. Listen live at Portland Radio Project at prp.fm or stream us wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>